1: Yes, yes, yes. Glad to have you back around. I'm K. That's Deem, and this is the Biscayne Breakdown. Um, Look, man, we haven't seen you in quite a few days, so we just wanted to get with you in touch base. Um, You can see that we kind of just ran. I'm fresh off work. The head needs doing, but either way, we here. Tell the people how you doing out there, Deem. I told them how I was doing. I ain't hitting on shit.
0: Oh, man, I'm, I'm doing good, man. I just I hope the rest of the heat, uh, nation you know they slow down with this panicking thing you know we only five games in please slow down
1: hey look man you ain't been a good heat fan unless you talking about tyler unless you calling jimmy out saying he gonna ask for a trade or or unless you finding some phantom numbers to try to make meaning out of but that's neither here nor there because i don't want nobody to take it personal even though i mean it very personal.
0: No, but you know what I find really weird about all this, Cape. You know, I want to get this off my chest before we start the show. Is, Talk to him. That's why we got it. Tell him. Um, a lot of heat, like you know, a lot of these Heat fans and these guys who cover the Heat. That's that's you no know, on on big, on big you no know, platforms, and got these big brands. I don't understand how you know. They always say, "Oh, Jimmy, he, he coasts in a regular season. He coasts. He's he's like it's always that he's coasting in the regular season and then once the playoffs time come, he's the best player in the world." We're 5 games in and everyone is already talking about trading number 22. I have like I, I I just I don't get it, man. Like I don't understand like why these people even have a following because it does not make any sense to me. And I don't want to go name but like come on, dude. Like it's, it's horrible, man. You know, like it is, we, we Our best player because you know he's he didn't have the best five the first five games. Uh like, come on, man.
1: I mean, you, you pretty much said it, and that's something we're gonna get to. We don't want to step on our own toes. Um, there's so much to talk about, so little time to do it. We're not gonna hold you guys um that awful long. It's a Thursday evening. We're recording this. Um, of course, that means that you have your ensuing night of NBA basketball, a couple of games, and then you have Thursday night football for you multi-sports people out there, which includes most of us. But um, we did just want to tackle a couple of things that included that Jimmy Butler piece that we were just touching on a bit. However, there were a couple of more things we needed to get to along the way. Um, And to kind of just open up the arena, man, as Dean said, five games in um, or so, looking at this Miami Heat team, when you look at them and you look at the way that they have gone about playing their game so far, one thing sticks out to me more than any other, and that is their performance in the fourth quarter. I mean, you could look at a lot of the games and pretty much say, hey, they were in control or controlling the game outright um, until the fourth quarter where things went haywire, whether you're talking about Detroit, whether you're talking about um, their last game, of course, against the Nets. You can look at several of their games outside of the Bucks game and pretty much say that they were right in it or dare it be said they had control um, until the later portions of the game. And then things just went haywire. Even if you look at the Celtics game, I would say that it was a back and forth game at best until the game started to get late, which is when the Heat's execution on both sides of the ball failed them. Um, what have you seen? Basically, throughout these first five games, as the Heat sit right now at one and four, Dean. What have you seen throughout these first five games that's really stood out to you? And I want you to tell me about that from both sides. If you've seen anything positive, go ahead and tell me that first. But sitting at one and four, I want you to close your spew by telling us how you think they got here.
0: Um, I think the reason why we're one and four is the same reason why we were two and five to start the season last year. Like it's it's just plain and simple. I mean, I don't understand why people is panicking so much, but that's neither here nor there. I'm 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 gonna stay on the I'm gonna stay on topic. The reason why I believe we're one and four so far to start the season off, K, is, is obviously the same reason was last year and coming into the season. I was saying the same thing. It's inconsistency on the offensive end. It like it's it's just plain and simple. Tyler is is and everyone know how I feel about Tyler, man. You know, so far in the first five games, I believe he's averaging what 20, 27, 27 and a half points. K, on fit, on go ahead, 40, I'm gonna I'm get you the exact numbers. Keep going on 48 48 and 40, whatever the percentages is, it's great. Like, he's having a tremendous start in the first five games of the season. Bam out of bio having a great start in the beginning of the season. It's just the, the, the other pieces around them. Are not doing so good. The shoot that the three point ball has been. Sorry
1: to cut you off, Dame, but according to B ball reference, Tyler Hero is currently averaging 26.2 points. He's averaging 4.8 rebounds and he's also averaging 4.2 assists. This is on 44 shooting from the field and 43 shooting from three. And this is all in 38.6 minutes per game, 22.2 that's, that's- field goal attempts. That
0: That's a lot of field goal attempts. Wow. Um, Somebody got to shoot the damn shot. Yeah, you're right. Somebody got to shoot it, and, and he's making it at a, at a pretty good high clip. So, I mean, no complaints with me from there, from Tyler. But the thing is, do I think he can keep this up for 70 – what we got like 77 more games left? I don't know if he can take keep this up for 70-plus games. But the pieces around them, which was the problem, you know, for the past four years – have been super inconsistent, like super inconsistent. You know, the the, the three ball has been. I'm not going to say horrible, but it hasn't been at its best. When 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 these guys coming out the game, when we got guys like Tyler and Bam coming off the court, you see a big dive in an offensive production. Like it's it's just not. It's not the best. Uh, the half court offense is is terrible. It's looking like it's looking like a JV high school team out there. It's terrible. I want to see I want to see Tyler do a little more. Like he still haven't made that that jump yet to where though he's showing that he can consistently beat someone off the dribble. You you disagree with that? Oh no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm glad you
1: gave me a chance. So here's what I was gonna say. Um, because right now you're actually venturing into the se- second topic and you know the blueprint, so it works. Um, but we can kind of work it that way. I-, I was gonna rebut in the terms of giving you both spews. So let's start with Tyler because that's gonna lead to my take on the first five games. For me, I see what you're saying, but that also may be by design. Because what I've noticed from Tyler in these first mm. five games is that thing that people have been trying to put on him for the first couple of years, the D book comparison, that's a through five, comparison g- through, through five games. Right. And every other year, but through five games, he's looked the most like Devin Booker that he's ever looked. And I say that to say this. Tyler can get by you without using his physical abilities in that he uses his skill. His pity pad can get him by you. I mean, he did something. I can't remember exactly who it was, but he did something to defenders in the last several games that he could have got locked up for. I mean, his pity pad is like that. But that's not where he's making his hay right now. He's making his hay with the outside shot and in the in-between stuff. And what he's doing to get to his spots is he's doing it at his own pace and methodically, and in the manner that Devin Booker goes about it, where he's not trying to beat you physically. He's manipulating you, using his body, and using your own conscience against you. If you'll notice, Tyler's giving you a heavy dose of that thing, where he beats the man, slows down, let the man get right up on him, get to where he want to go, but keep the man on his hip enough so that he has you where he wants you, but you're never in a position where you can surprise him. And oh, by the way, if you stay too close, he's gonna make the shot and get fouled. So he's doing that thing now where he's not only using his body to get to his spots, but he's or using you got his that defender for that consistently. We don't know because through five games, bro, he's been as successful as we've ever seen him with it. And you just called out the numbers. So through five games more often than not and overwhelmingly it's work. There's only been one game and I don't know if it was Boston or the Bucks where he really just purely didn't have it.
0: I think it every was Every other
1: right, every other game
0: Tyler's probably he, was on, he he was you know
1: Right, and and again, I just, you know, confusing a lot of hoops I watch every bounce, every ball, every second. So forgive me, but you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, Tyler's probably been the best offensive player, but I don't want oh, to by take far. anything It's not right. even close. From a production and what he's doing, but th- we're going to get to that but as just we progress from the eyes, this conversation. Like,
0: without looking yeah, at but, the but numbers, I, just from the eye see,
1: that's what I'm di- That's what I'm going to differ with you at, though, bro, because okay, now we're diluting topics. Okay, not only are we giving you our takes on the first five games, but I guess you know, how we are feeling about our stars as well. We we're going to get to how we're feeling about Jimmy Butler and what people are calling um, his hesitance or, um, you know, his what's he's deferring almost. You know what I mean? His hesitation, that thing that Jimmy does until it matters the most. Um, We were also going to talk about the things we've talked about with Tyler Hero, his volume and what his offense looks like. But this is the thing about Bam Adebayo um, that we were going to talk about. Bam is a rock. That thing that we've been asking for for seasons past, that aggressive mentality, Bam is arrived. Seeking out your mismatches. If the ball comes up the court and you got a little dude on you, I mean, instantly letting everybody in the gym know, hey, it's a mouse in the house. I need the rock. Bam's finally doing it. Bam's getting the rock and he's looking to make an aggressive, assertive move for himself and his team, which doesn't always mean taking the shot but it means being aggressive in your actions to where you're a threat to take the shot, which is when all that other stuff you do so well can be just that much more effective. So that's why I mean from a production and from what we're seeing him doing on the court perspective, yes, Tyler Hero has absolutely been the best offensive player, but from a what it means to this team overall in the long run and from where you came from and the overall ability that we know you can show if this is absolutely real, I think Bam might make an argument, though I agree with you. So, again, uh-huh. I wasn't disagreeing with you. I was telling you where my hesitation was. Because you also have to admit, Bam, that aggression, that go look for yours, that do something with it, Bam is finally showing that. And you can see that infiltrate other areas of his game.
0: Uh- See the thing is with like the same thing with Bam K okay? like I feel as though he had this start to the season two years ago. Two years ago, Bam had this same start to the season, and it it went, didn't look like this. But I know what you're saying. Didn't mean to cut you off. Continue, please. I I my my th- this this is my only thing, and this is my thing with with the Heat the past three years. It's consistency. That's it. Is consist- can can our players consistently play to this level of offensive production? And I, I'm going to be totally honest. I don't have the numbers in front of me, and I'm not I'm not going to get the numbers until you know another four or five games, where I'm going to take a, a deep dive into the numbers this year. To whereas though, I don't even know our, I, the offensive rating and stuff like that. I don't have those numbers in front of me, and I'm not going to have them. Like I said, to another couple games. But my thing is, as good as Tyler look, the offense, look, and as good as Tyler and Bam looks, the offense still looks so bad. Like, it looks so hard for them to get these buckets, if, if that makes sense. Like, like I feel like, you know, the, the numbers look, look really good. The numbers look really good, but what my eyes are seeing is like, Why does it look so hard for y'all to get these points?
1: I can see that. And I think that's a general take. And I'm not saying you're a victim of group thing, because like I said, I respect your takes and I know you individually think it. But I'm saying that I've seen that quite often said already. With five games into the season, you do have new parts that are on this team that have to get used to playing with this team. You do have guys that are stepping up into new roles that they haven't played. Whether you're talking about guys like, hey, well, Smith. we're going to have to step up and give you more with the absence of Max Struce and Gabe Vincent. Um, what are you talking about the other numerous guys? I mean, people don't want to see Drew Smith on the court. I might be in that group, but what are you talking about, Drew team Smith? Team in that um, you know what I mean, exactly. Orlando Robinson having to give you minutes. Thomas Bryant stepping up as a backup big. So you Bro, also I have to.
0: I'm sorry. Let me, me to cut you off, Kate. You keep going. Keep, keep keep going. I, I I say I do my input after this. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. I mean,
1: whether you're talking about cutting in new guys, um, what I'm seeing is different guys show you development. Um, I'm seeing Hey Highsmith Smith look like a marksman out there. I'm seeing Cal Laurie knocking down shots. I mean, don't get me wrong. You need him to approve. I mean, you need him to take some to, to take more. I was reading the group chat there. Sorry. Brain fart. Um, you need him to take more shots at times, but I'm seeing knocking down the shots he's taking. Um, like I said, I'm seeing Bambi as aggressive as I've seen him. I'm seeing Tyler develop and and be that effective volume shooter. Not just a guy out there taking shots to be shooting shots, but be that effective volume shooter. I'm seeing Thomas Bryant, even though he's had his Miami Heat backup big moments, over the last couple of games. And what that means is no matter who the backup big is for the Miami Heat, they're going to get a moving screen. They're going to get beefed one time in the middle. Hey, yo. Um, I mean, it just what happens to a Miami Heat backup big. But I'm seeing some great things from him on the offensive end. I mean, with five games in, you're seeing guys succeed in their individual opportunities and roles, but I think that when you think about Bam being this truly assertive guy full-time. When you think about Tyler Hero being the most effective version of what you want a volume shooter to be, um, and when you think about the fact that Jimmy Butler at any moment can hit that switch and become a top five player, it's just about figuring out how we get the most out of that every night. Now, again, that goes back to Spo. Spo has to figure out how do I cut these guys in and lace these guys in and Intermingle these guys lineup wise so that I'm getting the absolute most out of him. That's coaching, but for me, it's not purely a talent thing. If, of course, if you could bring some more talent in, if, if there was a talented piece out there that you thought could help your team in one way or another, of course you bring them in. But the reason that this team hasn't gotten off to as good of a start as we would hope. Is it because of their offense at all, if you want to be honest, which is the back end of this topic we just dove into the last three topics, which was, well, you know, three of the last so or so topics that I wanted to talk about, which was Tyler Bam and Jimmy's individual performance that I never had a chance to get to that. But I'll let you respond to this, and then I'll actually get to what I think this team's real problem is.
0: I agree with, with what you said. Besides the offensive part, but I would say this because you, you said something really interesting, especially about the Spo thing. You know how I feel about Spo. I, I think he's the best coach in basketball, you know, period. I think he's probably a, a top 10 greatest coach all time period. I already know where you're going. I
1: already know where you're going. So go ahead.
0: I don't know if you do, but you might do you know me well i don't agree with some of the rotations he's been putting out there now i'm let me make this 100% clear i don't have no inside information on anything Miami Heat related so i don't know what these players are doing in practice anything so i like i mean supposed see these guys Every day, he talks to these guys every day. He knows where they at mentally and where they at skill-wise on the basketball court. Way better than I do or anybody else do. But that don't mean I don't know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to basketball. The thing with this is we have a guy that we drafted, I think, two years ago who has some potential, but he was raw coming out of the draft. And he's been buried on the bench for the past two years now. He's a pretty good playmaker, and I think he can help this team in the half-court offense where I think we seem to struggle. And his name is Nikola Jokovic, or however you pronounce it. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. Yovic, but that's cool. Yovic. Okay, Yovic. That's it. Listen, Kay, I, I, I think, you know, it's times where it was guys, Josh Richardson, who were Bad the other night, who were bad the other night, and I'm pretty sure he's a fan favorite. Spo actually loves him, but it's like, come on now, like he's not playing up to par. Let's put his behind on the bench and let's like really agree.
1: And I'm not, and I'm agree, and I'm not trying to cut you off against the Nets. Won his night, like that last same three. Thing, he same took, thing with well, we for a, Jamie.
0: He win well, we his night. He had a, a lot, lot of, of good defensive plays though, Kay. Right. Jamie had a lot of good defensive plays. Listen, he's a Hame, rookie. Hame, Hame. Hame. He's a rookie, but he, he he did do 4 years of college at UCLA. He's really smart on like I did not even when I watched him at UCLA, I did not think he was going to be like he was this intelligent on the defensive end. He's going to be special on that side of the ball. For Miami, for a long time, like he's going to be special. But the offensive end is still kind of shaky. Like I I want to see these guys get a chance. Orlando Robinson. I think that's you're setting me up, though,
1: man. You're saying exactly what I'm saying, but from the other side, Dean. Like if you look at look, look, let's 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 take it exactly from the angle you took it from, and I'm gonna start at the top. First of all, on Spoh. Spo is just like every other genius, bro. They're victims of their own genius. They think that they're so good sometimes that that one thing that they see, they can believe in a guy so much that I can take that and I can harness that and I can always milk the most out of that on any given chosen occasion. The victim of his own genius. But you also have to understand that Spo is a guy, he isn't one of these coaches that is afraid to get his head out of his butt. He's going to figure it out. We just need that to happen sooner or later with these rotations. Now to move right down the ladder as you win. When you think about Jovic, that's the situation there too. I think what Spo is trying to do though, is figure out how does he get the most out of Jovic without ruining him? Because you could run into a situation where Jovic has nobody to guard on the court. Um, He starts to get attacked and that messes with his confidence. Although I do agree with you. If I had it my way, he will have to learn trial by fire, and he would be the guy controlling the rock for the second unit for the most part because they don't need a true point guard because the of offense is motionless and all of that. But when you're talking about See, the guy out at
0: because I do think we need that 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 point guard that facility that that that, a point uh, guard that, helps. that that Chris Paul. I'm not saying Chris Paul like that Chris Paul type of player that Rajon Rondo type of player who can help. Facilitate Absolutely, the ball, I don't think we had that. They help any team, bro. But what I'm saying is you have certain
1: I'll give you an example. when you look at the Spurs offense, without a point guard, it doesn't work. When you look at when you look at Cleveland's offense, without a guy that you can say is a point guard, um, it doesn't work. Now, I know you look at a guy like Donovan Mitchell, even Garland say they're combo guards, but what they have, that yeah. most guys that can score the way that they can actually, don't have is an ability to handle the ball. And unless you got a guy that you can call, that certain offenses don't work. The Miami Heat's offense isn't one of those offenses. But of course, like said, when you got a guy like I'm not putting him in that class, but let's say when Kyle Laurie has his good moments, when he's making point guard plays and making easy
0: baskets for everybody else, it looks a lot better. I agree. But go ahead, you were gonna ask me something. Yeah, I want to ask you a question. Do you think James Harden would help this offense? And 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 I, and I listen. I think that's a stupid question to ask. But I just want. I just want. Like, do you think James Harden could help this offense? Yes. Okay. Zach Levine, do you think Zach Levine can help this offense? Yes. I want to know. I, I don't think so. I don't think Zach Levine helps this offense. I think Zach Levine and I, people are probably going to kill me for this, but I honestly don't care. I think Zach Levine and Tyler Hero would be the same in this offense. Zach Levine can beat someone off the dribble, yes, consistently, and he can attack the basket at a high level and do it consistently. But I have a lot of concerns with Zach. The same concerns I have with Tyler Hero, I have with Zach Levine. The difference is with James Harden and Zach Levine is James Harden can get everyone else involved, something that Zach Levine or Tyler Hero cannot do. James Harden can go for 25 points and also give you 11 assists at the same time. Zach Levine and Tyler Hero cannot do that. And I'm not trying to poo-poo on Tyler Hero parade right now because he's having a great start of the season. Besides the Boston game, he's been to me. He's been the best player in the in the first five games. But I I. I mean, I know a lot of people saying, you know, James Harden didn't fit the mold of this team, which it doesn't make any sense to me because the player he is, this team needs. Like the I, so I I I'm kind of confused on that. And and I don't want to talk about trades five games in the season because it's starting to hurt in my head that guys are already on the trade machine five games into the season. Like I, I mean, you know. But I just I just wanted the the get your uh your opinion on that. Well, see for me, man, I think that goes back to the questions you were asking me on the
1: offense. Yes, I think James Harden could help this team on offense. Um, but I think the detriment of what he would do to the team isn't worth it. Um, and that's not only from a defensive perspective, but just his team chemistry. But can perspective. you feel
0: the same way about Zach Levine? Hold on, I'm getting
1: I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Now, Zach Levine does have those same defensive issues or worries that I would present with James Harden, but I don't worry about him from a team chemistry perspective.
0: That's where I have to, I, I mean, I don't want to go too into this, but.
1: Right. I was about to say,
0: we can't say what we have heard or
1: haven't heard about Zach Levine. Like, don't get me wrong. There may be word out there that, you know, he's not a good culture guy. He won't, there may be that word out there, but those are rumors. But you know what aren't rumors? What we've watched James Harden do on several different occasions
0: you 100% right 100% right
1: I mean I mean we watched him do that so that's not innuendo you know what I mean that's not rumors no we watched him ruin several teams um so that that would bother me there so to talk about giving up and and that goes back to if a deal was gonna be done we're not gonna spend no more time on this because this ain't that as you said I don't think you give up Tyler Hero for Zach Levine so you're asking the question or you're making it seem like You think they're the same person inside this offense. Maybe they are. But what are they beside each other? Because that's the real question. Yeah, Because we ain't talking about moving one for the other. Oh no, if you bring Zach Levine in, he's going to be beside Tyler Hero. Because if you're the Bulls, it's a fire sale. You're not doing that to bring in talent. You're doing that to maybe get a couple draft picks so you don't feel totally screwed. But to shed that salary because you'll finally be getting to the realization that this era has been a watch team meeting after game one watch but we got our own situation so we're not gonna talk about nobody else um look to answer your question and like I said about James Harden it would be the same issues for me if Harden came over because of the way he plays offense now you do mention his ability to get others involved but was that a thing because he wanted to get that money that he was so mad at Daryl Murray that he didn't get that he did that because the word is also out there that he had a phone call with Eme Udoka saying that he was ready to come back and reclaim his spot as that scoring champion type player until it was told to him that that's not what they wanted so was he doing that to get his money planning to revert back to that shoot first guy because then you run into the same problems that the Miami Heat's offense is facing right now where it's like you have several different guys that could go get you a bucket but that's not the issue the issue is figuring out how do we take these three guys and orchestrate a team game plan where we can get a bucket on 80% of the occasions while maximizing them all. Because as it was last year, you couldn't find a way for all three of them to get on the same page at one time. It would always be two of the three. And, of course, we had, you know, a couple of games where all three of our top guys or dare I say all three of our top guys and one other guy, there'd be Cal Laurie making shots. There'd be Caleb Martin going off. There'd be another guy, Max Struz deciding to make a couple of shots or whatever. Um, you've had a couple of those games, but that's what it is for the most part. And I just think that this year they're running to the same issue, but the difference is you're seeing production from a lot more guys. Like I said, Josh Richardson was terrible from a shot making perspective against Brooklyn. But, yo, the opportunities and some of the looks that he created, I mean, I was like, "I right, we could use that. Now, of course, that's going to come with time and rhythm and patience. He got to finish that because I don't care what you can do or create or where you can get to if you can't finish it. But I have to believe missing the first couple of games of the season, this being his first or second game back, that he's only going to become better from a actual conversion perspective. So, I mean, sometimes people bug me like they not understanding of what's going on, which is going to be a part of my whole final soliloquy here. But it's like, yeah, Bro played his first or second regular season game. He's a little rusty. What you should be encouraged by is the fact that he's able to break people down off the dribble and get to exactly where he wants to get to in the first place. Which is why you're so upset that he's missing this bunny because he's able to get there. Um, you know, it's just different things like that, man. I think this Miami team will be fine once they figure it out. They just need, you know, that stretch of good play um, where they're able to bring their offensive talents together. And as I mentioned, that's not even the real issue for me because they have enough offensive firepower to get it done. Last night against the Brooklyn Nets, as I mentioned, we're recording this on a Thursday. So last night being Wednesday, they're up 15 points, almost up a dub at one point. Um, But they allowed the Brooklyn Nets to climb back in that game. And people can say they stopped making shots. They stopped making shots. Well, if you actually play some defense. You don't yeah. have to worry about making shots. And here's the thing. Jimmy Butler noted that in his press conference after the game. Uh, news flash for all of you Twitter uh, storyline creators out there. Jimmy Butler did indeed speak after the press conference. He didn't indeed walk off the floor before everybody else got out there. And I appreciate if y'all stop so making what? up storylines I mean, you know for Tom engagement. Does that? Bro, but like, I know, bro, but know I, I got to say it. Because there are people out there that believe that blasphemy. But anyway. What Jimmy did say in his press conference that he did indeed have was that this team has to find a way to get stops, whether they're making shots or not. Point blank, period. And here's what I heard good defense in quarters one through three isn't necessarily good defense in the fourth. You have to take it up a notch when things are on the line the most. Just like that what adjust, the playoffs man. is when the just like what the playoffs is in relation to the regular season, the fourth quarter, when things matter the most, grind yeah. time, the clutch. The fourth quarter is that in every game. So this Miami Heat team has to realize that their defense is going to have to go up a notch as the waning moments come. Because as I mentioned to open the pod, fourth quarters are killing this Miami Heat team. And it's simply in their ability to get the stops. They have enough offense to be right in the game or firmly controlling the game for three quarters of it. But all of a sudden, they don't have enough offense to close the game. It's because it isn't an offensive thing. And when you're allowing the other team to go nuts, you're going to be so frantic that your offense isn't going to look like it's hitting on anything. Because you're scrambling around because they nailing shots every chance they get. It's really symbiotic. And I think that if this Miami Heat team focused on getting stops when it mattered the most, um, of course, with finding that best blend of your offense, that's what's really going to do them. Did you have anything else on this particular topic? Because I'm going to actually transition or segue into our final, well, one of our final topics, Um, using that or whatever you might have to say to close it.
0: Um, Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, except for when you said that you know the offense isn't the problem because I, I, I do never, believe-
1: never, never, ne- hold on. I never said I don't. I'm sorry. Maybe I did insinuate that. I just don't want it to be confused. Could the offense be better? Absolutely. Because it's not winning. But is offense their biggest issue right now? No. And that's my point.
0: What, what do you think the biggest issue is right now?
1: Key stops. He Bro, stopped. if you're up 15, 16 points and allow a team to walk you, then go up nine. We'll...
0: Listen, K, th- this team could be easily 0-5 right now. Um... I, I I personally think...
1: And they and and they could and they could easily be four and one.
0: Ah, uh, bro! Right in every game know, until man. the end. Yeah, that right was in he- That right was, in every- was really bad. That was also a really bad loss where I don't think they okay. won.
1: Three and two. Okay, like three and two. I'm sorry. Was the first three quarter. and two? Three and two.
0: Okay. Yeah. Three and two. Yeah. Yeah. They could easily be three and two right now. Um, and I
1: could make the case that it's still four and one because if they had continued to play with the pace that they opened the Bucks game with and if they closed the bucks game with, they might not never get up twenty on you but that's me to hit but
0: the, the thing is in that bucks game I believe they best quarters was the fourth quarter alone and that's because I believe Milwaukee first and, first and took, Milwaukee took the they foot off the gas in the fourth quarter.
1: I think it was more that the Miami Heat sped them up. They stopped being so lethargic because when they were playing fast to open that game, they controlled it. They then once they and then once they, they, and then once yeah. they slowed okay. down,
0: you got a point. You got a point there.
1: And, yeah, and once they slowed, you notice uh, to open that game, it was a frantic pace. Kyle Laurie getting hit of heads. K. Love throwing that thing. You know what I mean? A mile. Um, but um, and to close the game, you got Nico. You know, running the point situation, but. In the middle of that, it was a lot of you know lethargy and, and 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 trying to methodically attack them, and you can't do that when you got Giannis feasting on the weak side and Brooke Lopez bodying down there, it just it's just not gonna work because Bobby Portis brings size too. I mean, you got Ora trying to go chest to chest with Bobby Portis, that's never gonna be a great thing. Um, did you have anything else on this topic as I transition to the final well, one of the final topics of the evening, Dean?
0: Uh no, I'm off Okay. topic. But I With all I, I that being said the, Go ahead. the offense, I, I did think the offense was, you know, it, it could be better. The defense, you know, I, I just I, I agree what you said, but I do believe the offense is the problem. Like I'm gonna lean Fair on enough. that because I, I I just haven't seen enough consistent.
1: And that and what that makes for a great Vince game breakdowns moving forward, because now we're on two opposing sides and have something to look for. With that being said, we may have the opportunity to do just that. Because in my opinion, um, I didn't hate it like some people did. I was like, okay, little NBA end-season tournament, that seems interesting. You know what I mean? That could be fast and name. You know, some people hated it. But now, with the Miami Heat getting off to a 1-4 and four start, with the draining nature of what was this past offseason and the Damian Lillard rumors, by the way, who is – not necessarily setting the world on fire in Milwaukee right now. Um, it just kind of drained me. Um, preseason I kind of mentioned to some other guys around the network. Dean included. Um, Joel El Capitan on the boards, listening into everything that's being said. So if you say anything bad about him, just say it to me. I won't tell him. Um, you know, I wasn't tapped in in the preseason as much as I usually am. And, you know, I told them, game one, I'll be locked in, for which I was, which I hope you guys can tell based on, you know, the things that I'm saying. But my thing is, it was really a situation where this Miami Heat team probably felt the same thing, drained. And looking at the way that they've gotten off to this start, they need a reason to come together. They need a reason to go out there and, fight against the world. This Miami Heat team is actually at their best when all the chips are stacked up against them. And for me, this NBA in season tournament, the inaugural NBA Cup is what I believe they're calling it. Um, Maybe just what the Miami Heat need. Now, to get their NBA Cup career started um, as a franchise on Friday, their next game, again, coming to you on Thursday, um, against the Washington Wizards. But I think that, giving them something real and tangible as a group to play for in the immediate as the NBA Cup will be decided by December 17th in Las Vegas. Um, it gives this Miami Heat a chance, this Miami Heat team a chance to rally around themselves in the greater mission um, to get something. And I think that this is actually just what they need in this moment. Um, so how are you feeling, not only about the NBA Cup as a whole team, but how are you feeling in relations to do you think that this NBA Cup in-season tournament situation um, provides the Miami Heat a good opportunity to actually try to gain some momentum? Is this what they need in their lives right now? Because me, I think this is exactly what they need.
0: Um, I'm not going to say I think this is exactly what they need, but I can say I am excited about the uh, – the, the midseason tournament, I feel as though it's like it's something new. It's going to generate like it's going to bring a lot of excitement to the NBA. The early season NBA would I think the NBA was going for. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the uh, the end season cup. Hopefully Miami can turn it around and this can motivate them to play better. But I'm not going to necessarily say I think this is what the uh, the Heat need. I think they need a point guard. And that's
1: fair, too. I mean, that's pretty practical.
0: Um,
1: but I will, I'll say this, bro. Um, Kyle Laurie hasn't been terrible. Right?
0: No, he hasn't been... Te- uh, I like what I've seen from Kyle Laurie. You just want been, more. I'm, he hasn't been terrible. When you paying a got $29 million, playing,
1: you want more. Yeah, the, the way he's been doing.
0: playing is not... I mean, he obviously took a step back. But... He hasn't been playing – he hasn't been terrible. That's all I can say. He hasn't been ter- – it's five games in. I'm I'm going to sit back. He hasn't been terrible. That's all I can say. He hasn't been terrible. But he needs okay. to be better for what, what we're what we paying him.
1: Absolutely. That's not what you want for $29 million. Um, I mean, look, it's a long season, man. Like I said, we just wanted to get some on the board. We hadn't talked to you guys in quite a while. Um, One and four right now. I mean, this is all I got one and four.
0: Um, I mean, we're gonna hey, be Hey, in the season last year, right? Right, Why I mean, everybody got, right. panicking. Relax. I think we're fine. I think we're fine. People, I mean, but people should have known what this team was going to be. Or uh, I, I don't know what they expected. Well,
1: see, I don't prescribe to that though, bro. I don't prescribe to we should have known what they were going to be because I think it's so early. And I think that they've shown us time and time again that they get better over time. And I think we're talking about a team of guys from a player perspective and a coaching and a front office and a just total makeup perspective of guys that actually absolutely excel in these situations. Do we always want to be in a situation where we have to work the hardest and grind it out? No, it would be nice to be back in the big three era where every time we stepped on the court, we were expected to win and when we didn't, it was a problem it would be nice. But you know what? There's something fun. There's something amazing in watching a group of guys that everybody counted out 70 games into the season, go from the play-in territory all the way to the NBA Finals. And I'm sick of people saying that that was an outlier because it's only the same thing we've watched them do in three of the last four years. Because I would dare say that the outlier was the -the below-the-floor shooting for most of the season, that as soon as they corrected, saw them become that same team. Oh, and might I add, not only that same team that had accomplished those season feats, not accomplishments, but all I'm saying is you have to get to the conference finals. You have to get to the NBA finals to win titles, but all while being one of the better three-point shooting teams in the league. So the, the below-the-floor three-point shooting was probably the outlier. So that's why that whole knowing what this team's going to be thing bothers me. It's because, yeah, I know what this team's going to be. A team that's going to eventually end up in the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 7 of the NBA Finals, because that's what they've been in three of the last four years.
0: Okay, and I'm going to tell you why. That's why I'm not panicking. Because last year, every time we got on this pod, I panicked. I trashed this team, and I said that this team is going nowhere. I said, the only faith I have in this team is that Eric Spo is on that sideline. That's it. That's all the credit I gave him. I only gave the head coach credit. And credit to him, he might have been, he, he was the reason that that team went to the finals last year. But that's neither here nor there. Because they played, them players also played they butts off for him. We're five games into the season. The season started a week ago. Do not panic. People are saying, you know, let's wait 20 games in to see what this team is. We don't have to wait 20 games in to see what this team is. We already know what this team is. We just need to wait until this team get in gear and hit they stride. It's going to happen. Does this team need tweaks? Absolutely this team needs tweaks. What team doesn't need tweaks? The Denver Nuggets just won a championship, and you can say that they need tweaks. Every team needs tweaks. Every team, Every team wants to get better. Every team needs to get better. This Miami team, they will get better. Yes, we're 1-4. and four. It doesn't look pretty right now, but let's just give it some time. Let's wait to hit that panic button, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I'm going to continue to say this. This team started off the season 2-5 and five last year, and they went all the way to the NBA Finals. So let's slow our roll on trading number 22, please. I mean, after that Dame optimism, which is
1: unfounded, unheard of which is rare almost extinct i have nothing else to say um thank you for letting your head to this sound that was Absolutely. the optimistic theme i'm k and this has been the Game breakdown yes, play sir. the music joe because we out